this is Betsy Orton with the Dickey Foundation, and you're listening to Dickey's Doing Good, the podcast where we tell good stories about good people doing good things in their community. I'm thrilled because my guest today is Ray Shuford, or as his, his friends in Dallas Fire Rescue call him, Chaplain Shu. He has spent more than 25 years with Dallas Fire Rescue as a firefighter and paramedic, and he's been a chaplain with Dallas Fire Rescue for the last four years. From hospital visits to officiating weddings to on-site fire detail and crisis management, he supports more than 2,000 members of the department and its retirees. Ray, thank you so much for giving me your time today. Uh, Bessie, thank you for allowing me, but I want to ask you one question. Is that resume really mine? Because I don't know if that's <laughs> really me. So, yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> that you have been a part of Dallas Fire Rescue for a long time and they are so proud of you so definitely (laughs) so for those of you who don't know you as well as i do uh tell us a little about yourself your work with dallas fire rescue and how you came to be where you are now well um a little bit about my my previous uh before fire department passed um i actually went to uh, barber school at age 13 years old i got my license at 16 and uh went to college and of course, like so many other college kids, when you get out, you don't really know what you wanna do. You just have this degree, this, this paper, diploma, and it's like, you know, what am I gonna do? So I was uh, playing ball at the time for the University of Central Missouri. And uh, like all basketball players, I was thinking of the dream of making it to the next level, the NBA. And uh, of course that didn't happen, but uh, it's okay. And uh, I've gotten over that, you know, and so, um, but you show off your skills, the guns and hoses. Yeah, tournaments. yeah, yeah, yeah. I still, I still, still, still do really well with that. And uh, I'm actually the coach of the uh, Dallas Fire Rescue's uh, basketball team now. And uh, uh, we have several gold medals, but who's counting? But um, You're like Patrick Ewing. Yeah. You're coming back and you're coaching the next generation. <laughs> I love much, that. Pretty much. But, uh, but yeah, um, I met some guys in the gym who, uh, it, it, to me, it seemed like they were, you know, upstanding, good guys. But they never seemed like they were at work. And so I was like, what do you guys do for a living? And uh, one of the guys said, man, we're firefighters. And uh, we uh, we work one day off two days. And uh, they knew that I was a barber as well. And uh, I, all I saw was opportunity to do the double dip, you know, for the fire department and uh, the barber side. And, uh, I, you know, not knowing that the fire side would changed my life tremendously and uh, be such a blessing uh, to me and my family to this point. It's like, you know, you blink your eyes and then 25 years just, you know, gone just like that. And, uh, but you think about all the relationships and contacts and uh, times that you share with the, with the guys and gals at the station and uh, just lives you've touched over uh, a great period of time and just the flexibility to do, you know, other things that, uh, that God has already prepared me to do before even getting to uh, the fire department and getting on the fire department and leading me to uh, become one of the chaplains of the Dallas Fire and Rescue Department because I I never thought that I would ever even be considered for that uh, position. But of course, uh, you know, man plans and God smiles because uh, he always knows, you know, where you're needed. And uh, and so I'm just, I'm just thankful, you know, and that's kind of like my story. In a, 
in a small nutshell. I can keep going on and give you more, <laughs> but of course we got to do more of the interviews. So. <laughs> well, no, you, you, you have a fantastic story and I love that you were able to be a firefighter and be a barber. You're still doing both, uh, which is cool. But tell me kind of about the work as a chaplain for Dallas Fire Rescue. Kind of what does that entail and, and what do you do and how do you support Dallas Fire Rescue and the firefighters? Well, the, uh, the, the chaplaincy work, uh, of course, it, it, it deals with a lot of uh, ministry and relationships. Uh, I, I think I've built a really solid relationship base with uh, with all members, no matter uh, you know, color, race, uh, gender, uh, ethnicity, whatever uh, it may be. I think that uh, I have a very solid uh, foundation with uh, with everyone, which makes what uh, what God has called me to do a lot easier. Um, you can't have that type of uh, position if you don't have a relationship. And even when I was uh, uh, appointed in that position, uh, the chief of the fire department at that time, <clears throat> he, um, he he basically shook my hand. He said, we know who you are. Now go do what you do. And uh, I knew what I had been trained to do. And I knew I could love on people, which that's what people really want. They just want to be uh, treated fairly. They want to be, uh, to have someone there in, in a time of need. And then also too, to uh, just be a listening ear uh, when they need to just vent about something because firefighters and heroes in general, police as well, they are uh, just a different breed of person. And so um, a lot of times they they already know the answer to the, the, the situation or problem. They just need someone to just uh, say, hey, I'm, I'm here for you because we're here for so many other people all the time. And so, uh, you know, that position was, was, uh, was, I guess it was, it was my, in my wheelhouse, you know, some of my mentors have said, and uh, man, I'm so thankful to be able to, uh, to go and minister to uh, the ones who minister to others in, in desperate times of needs and kind of hospital visits and, uh, say funerals and but I mean there's also some good things as well you know I I do uh, a ton of weddings and uh, and also um, you know house dedications and and uh, just anything I think that uh, that that no no one really wants to do it kind of falls under the the chaplaincy it's like uh, what you know can we can we get this done I know who to call the chaplain, you know, <laughs> and it's like, uh, and, and, and that's a good feeling to know that you're, uh, you're able and equipped to, uh, to help others out. And, uh, and once again, Bessie, I've been so, so blessed and so fortunate. Um, I can't even, uh, say how much I'm just so thankful of the opportunity that was given to me. And I try to, uh, mentor so many other people and, um, to give back to them what's been given to me to make their situation a little bit, uh, I guess, I guess lighter in a sense, because, uh, you know, I've been through some things, you know, and I think that, that even jumping into that role, I was able to um, manage and do it to the best of uh, my God given ability because I, I've had some difficult days, you know, in my, in my 26 uh, and a half year career. And, uh, and, you know, it's not easy. And uh, you have to be, <clears throat> you have to be willing and able to go. And uh, but one, the, the the main thing is you just got to have love in your heart to say, hey, you know, uh, this person needs me, and I'm gonna be there for them. Well, it certainly seems like you're really uniquely qualified for it in the sense of having spent more than two decades as, as a firefighter and then moving over to the chaplain side, kind of really being able to understand what these men and women are going through. 
True, true. Uh, I mean, and that's the the main, um, I guess, point of it all. You know, knowing uh, what these men and women go through on a daily basis, and having a heart uh, to uh, to understand that you know we're all the we're all the same, and uh, we all need somebody at some point in time, no matter who it is. You know, from the the chief of the department to the guy who just got hired uh, on yesterday, everybody needs something, and uh, the chaplain is has always been that person to uh, provide that for them. Well, and it's great that you're that, you're that guy for them. So well, that, that, yes. <laughs> well, thank <laughs> Chaplain you. Chaplain that, Shu, that's a wonderful <laughs> thing. And what a great name for you. So now, what is the best thing for you in working with first responders and really working with firefighters? What's your favorite thing? Oh, hands down, the best thing with working with first responders is uh, the relationships. Um, you know, um, when, when, when I actually uh, uh, dove into the role, uh, one thing that that I was really happy about was that I was going to be able to have free reign to just pop into any station on any shift at any time, and then just oh man, you know it's, it's a shift. Oh, Betsy's working today. Okay, Betsy, hey, well, you know you at work today? Yeah, yeah, I am. Come on by, and so I have, go by, have a cup of coffee, uh, have a little free lunch. Uh, sometimes free dinner you know, that's always good but uh but man it's just the, the the relationships you know and i think about relationships throughout my entire life that's been the the basis of, of everything from um playing youth sports to to the barbershop to the fire department to um other activities and even relationships now you know because i know even you know doing this with uh with dickie you got to you know, say, hey, I, I need to help, you know, do something with you later on. In the, you know, I don't know. I don't know. I'm just throwing <laughs> it out there. Absolutely. These relationships yeah. Are, yeah. Are, are absolutely critical. Yeah. I mean, and when you talk about relationships, so often first responders, particularly firefighters, they are dealing with people on what very well may be one of the worst days of their life. True. I mean, when firefighters have to show up, you're like, if something's on fire, that's never good. Um, and really kind of kind of in that, I mean, they're, they're, they're interacting with them. What do you think is the most misunderstood thing about firefighters? Okay. Um, the most misunderstood thing that I would say is, um, I don't know. I have to think about that a little bit. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, I, I mean, I, I just, I, I think that, uh, that firefighters, they, um, they, they, they kind of get a rap that it's, it's not, it's, it's, it's an, it's an easy job. And so most people, when they think about firefighters, they think about uh, hanging out at the fire station, uh, watching TV all day and, uh, uh, you know, playing games all day. And uh, it just it's nothing going on, even though your your home may not be on fire or you, you don't have anybody in your neighborhood who's needing a emergency ambulance or uh, anything like that. And I would like to say that, you know, people say, well, it's not my emergency. So if, if you don't have an emergency, you, you may have the tendency to be misunderstood on, on the fire side, thinking that uh, that it's that they're not doing anything. But these men and women are doing things all the time. They, you know, and we, we have another saying in the fire department, we we get paid for insurance, you know, insurance of things that that uh, may not just like when you pay your car insurance, you pay your car insurance, but you might not ever have a wreck for the entirety that you're driving. But yet still you're paying that, that car insurance because if something happens, guess what? 
your insurance is going to show up for you and be right there, which that's just how the fire department is being. So it's almost like a, it just misunderstood that, uh, that we don't, we don't do anything. Just like even the, with the police side, it's misunderstood. They go to the donut, uh, place all the time, you know, and I know they don't do that, but you know, it's misunderstood. And so, uh, I think that's the, probably the, the, the most, uh, thing that sticks out about being misunderstood as a firefighter. Well, I mean, I think there are a lot of TV shows that show and it's like, oh, it looks really sexy and it's cool. And, you know, wow, they get to work out on, you know, company time. That looks like fun. But you sure want those firefighters to be strong enough to help carry you out. True. For True. sure. So, oh, yeah. so what would you tell someone, you know, or tell yourself 30 years ago when you're, you know, that kid cutting hair? What would you tell yourself if it was someone who was interested in becoming a firefighter or paramedic? Uh, I would tell that uh, that young person um, that, you know, that this job or this career, I'm sorry, this career is something that's definitely life-changing. It's, uh, it can change your life in two ways. It can change your life in a way that, uh, you can build lasting relationships with people that you never knew you was going to come in contact with. And, uh, that will be, uh, something that will stand with you, um, throughout your, the rest of your life. But then also it can, uh, be on another uh, side of the fact of, uh, that this career can, it can kill you. And, uh, I mean, I just, and I tell people that point blank. So this is something that you really and truly have to understand. This is what I want to do. This is what I was called to do. This is what I was meant to do because there's a lot of us, uh, who don't make it to, uh, the 26 year mark or don't make it to the point of, uh, a great, uh, retirement. You know, uh, some people, uh, I've seen people, firefighters who have been burned uh, very badly. I've seen some that's uh, been shot uh, by uh, by individuals in the community. I've seen uh, some things that that the average person shouldn't see. And I also share with uh, young people as well, that even if you decide to take on this role uh, with the fire department or police department, you definitely want to guard your eyes. And when I say guard your eyes, is that everything that that is is seeable you don't have to see it explain ex, example if we if we went to the hospital and took someone uh to to, to baylor and so uh me and you on the ambulance basically and we roll up and uh all of a sudden we see rescue 22 and they say hey betsy hey shoot uh man you need to come see this guy that we brought in and stall or bay number one and uh we uh, we just kind of like like, you know, what, what, what's in there? You know, oh man, you just need to go see it. It's, it's something you've never seen before. I'm trying to tell you, you need to see it. And uh, we kind of look at each other, look at each other and say, uh, nah, let's pass on that. You know, because once you actually see something visually, uh, it's, it's, it's almost like what they say, a gateway to your soul. You're not going to forget it. And I can, I can go back, uh, 20 plus years and, and tell you about a run that I had, a color of some, a smell, you know, and, and, and firefighters deal with this, police deal with this uh, often as well. That's why the the uh, the CISM uh, critical incident stress uh, management team is always uh, in play because they want to make sure that firefighters are taken care of. And that's also, too, a big part of the chaplaincy, uh, being able to talk through uh, stuff that that I know that they deal with, that they may have seen, and I can kind of relate to like what I've seen and just say, okay, do I need to just listen at this time or do I need to point them in a, another direction of getting some type of counseling or uh, or just, uh, you know, just 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 getting away for a little bit, you know, because it's, it's tough. It was tough 
when I was going through years ago, and it's definitely tough in 2021. And so, uh, you know, I, I, I would definitely tell them to make sure that this is something that you really want to do. And you know if you're you're called uh, for the for the role because, you know, it's some things that they do, you know, in training that will weed you out. And you'll see that, hey, I, I, I thought I was called for, but I wasn't. But nine times out of 10, most men and women who take on all those steps to becoming a first responder, firefighter, or a police officer, or uh, are called. They are. They know what they're getting into, and they're excited about it. And uh, twenty some years later, you can still smile and say, "Hey, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm happy about what I've uh, accomplished, and uh, and how many people I've helped." Talk to me a little bit more about about the concept of it being a calling. I, we hear first responders talking about it. It was a it was a duty. It was a calling, and also in your work as a chaplain, kind of that also being calling. Can you can you tell me about that? Yeah, um, I, you know, all my life, you know, when I mentioned to you about relationships, um, my entire life, it's always been, um, you know, you know, so help and serve others. You know, the the barber industry is a a serve others industry. You know. Uh, and so, uh, and then relationship industry, you know, you're you're there, you're talking to people that they're sharing stuff with you that they might share with their uh, psychiatrist or their own doctor. And so, um, you know, uh, when, when I met these guys, excuse me, when I met these guys um, and learned more about the fire service and I actually got to the station and, and made a couple of uh, uh, runs with the guys, you know, during that time. And I, I just knew that this was something that, uh, that I wanted to do because I could see them acting in a way, uh, going out and, uh, you know, being responsible, uh, you know, checking on folks, uh, just just doing stuff when when other calling when other people are, uh, in a sense, running away from the situation. These guys were running to it. And I mean, that's been my entire uh, life, uh, just starting from young to to, uh, to an older guy now. I just turned 50 in January. Happy so, birthday. Uh, thank you so much. And so, um, I, it, you know, it was just, I just knew it. I felt it in my gut. I felt it in my spirit. And uh, transferring from all that stuff that that, uh, that I was able to uh, go through, what God had me walking through, and then getting to the chaplain's role. Um, I, you know, I grew up in a church. Uh, I was uh, uh, ordained as a deacon in 2006. Um, ordained as a minister, um, so all these different things. It just kind of like was was pieces to the puzzle to get to the point where the fire department at that time needed uh, someone to to fill a void, which uh, a lot honest to say, a lot of men and women that uh, that are in uh, fire service and uh, different you know, various organizations, uh, police, and different places. Uh, they're they're not uh, they they they. They, I don't want to say this. They are um, not as spiritually connected that 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 you would think they would be. You know, with, with all the stuff that you see and deal with, and at any time, death is staring down the doorway, and it's like, uh, you know, you you talk to somebody, and it's it's kind of like, you know, I, I yeah, I, I know one guy told me he said I, you know, I I I think that that's a good story to. You know, to believe about Christ, and I, I believe Christ, and I confess Him as my Lord and Savior. And so, um, you know, I don't try to throw anything on anybody, you know. But I've never had anyone, uh, atheist or believer, in a tight situation, tell me when I say, "Hey, can I pray for you?" I have had anyone say, 
well, no, I don't want you to pray for me. Everyone in a situation says, hey, can you pray for me? And so, um, um, you know, the, it, so, I, so I'm not saying things that just, it just happened, but it did in a sense just happen because I wasn't thinking about, some people come in thinking like, oh yeah, that's what I want to do. I want to, I want to be, oh, I'm in the chapter. I want to do, I never did that. I just came in as a, as a young person saying, I want to help people, uh, but I want to have those two days off so I can do this other stuff, <laughs> you know, and, uh, and sure so you enough. So you did it for the days off. Yeah, I, I mean, during that time. But then <laughs> I quickly found out being in the chaplain's role, there's no days off. I mean, you work 25 hours a day, eight days a week. And so, uh, and, and, and it's been, you know, I, I pray every day and God has given me the energy to do you know, up and beyond. And I, I just hope that when it's all said and done, the members, uh, him, will say, well done, good and faithful servant. And I'll be happy with that. Yeah. That, that That's really remarkable, yeah. the amazing things that you've been able to help people with. Is there an experience in particular that you've had that maybe stood out, something that either really touched your heart or something that, that may have changed how you did things? Um. A particular run, maybe? Possibly. Yeah, um, I mean, it's it's been so much, especially that I, I can just go on and on. That might be the uh, podcast number two. You know? <laughs> there you go. We'll so, do a yeah, two-part. Yeah, it might have a 10-part segment. <laughs> there we go. You know? but, uh, <laughs> yeah, uh, I, I remember I remember um, being, a, uh, I guess I had about, yeah, about four or five years on, and uh, I made a run on a... Uh, a homeless guy, and uh, he and another guy had got into a a um, a little scuffle or whatever. So he was kind of nicked up a little bit, but it was enough where he needed some stitches, need to go to the hospital. So I was in the back with him, and I was I was uh, you know asking him questions and everything, and, and and I could just tell, you know, he looked like the typical homeless person, but he just didn't speak like a homeless person. He spoke like a a um, a well, he was just, he was, you could tell he was well educated. He, um, um, it, 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 he was just out of place. And I, and I, and I, I was writing, I remember just like it was yesterday, I said, sir, don't take this the wrong way. I said, but um, I, I just want to know how did you get homeless? Because you don't, I mean, I run on homeless people a lot and you don't fit the homeless mold. And he uh, he shared with me that um, that at one point in time he was a uh, professor at a uh, a very prestigious university, and uh, he said he had a house on College Row, and uh, he was married and he had uh, a daughter, and uh, he said his wife had got sick, and I think she had cancer at the time and she passed away, and he uh, his daughter had got sick within a year, and she had actually had cancer and she passed away, and then his sister passed away. So he had three of his closest female compadres all pass away within one year. And he said that, uh, that just, that broke him. And uh, he said he never recovered from that. And- uh, That would break most people. Yeah, yeah, and I thought about that, you know, and he said, uh, he said, so you just never know, you know, what somebody's situation is. And uh, I, I've taken that and I've never forgot about that, you know, because uh, I definitely have a compassion for people that are homeless. And then also too, um, you know, anybody's situation, uh, you just never know what, 
what gets them to a to a place because I I hear people all the time, oh man, I'm not giving that person any money, man. Just you know, run a game, you know. That's you know, and I always kind of think back on, you know, everybody's everybody's different, you know, and uh, you got to show compassion for everybody, and you know, and, and the you know being a, a firefighter, paramedic, and chaplain, you you see and hear about different situations that that open your eyes to some different different uh, ways of thinking. You know, and uh, because you you might see someone, no one, somebody else might see him, and that's like, oh, look at them, look at the old Betsy over there, she's such nets. But I know that Betsy has gone through a whole bunch because we've shared a lot even before she's even got to this point. So I'm just kind of like, yeah, don't don't be like that. You know, you don't really know, you know. And so then once they find out, you know, oh man, I didn't know. Now they feel bad about it, you know. But uh, I always pray for them too. So. Well, I mean, you, you certainly have so much humility and, and giving people that kind of grace and helping people. Who are two or three people who really helped you and made a difference for you? And, and whether it was those formative years or someone you were with at the department? Wow. Wow. That's good. Um, well, I, I definitely got to say that the most person who's uh, been forming uh, for me uh, during those years was my mom, uh, George Spencer. And, uh, you know, she was the one who gave me my first uh you know, opportunity. She opened the barbershop and uh, she was a hardworking lady. Uh, just, I mean, so passionate about helping people. She, I, my, my blessings are still being poured out because of what she did many years ago and she passed away. It's been, it's been 21 years now. And so, uh, but people still, man, I miss your mom, you know? So she was definitely the, the most, um, influential person, you know, and I, I guess moms are most influential with everybody. Uh, so I definitely could say, you know, definitely say her. Um, my um, my high school, I had a high school basketball coach uh, by the name of Chris Dyer, and uh, he was uh, so great in pushing me to a, uh, to a level and getting me to a point where I think that I was able to receive a scholarship in college and, uh, and then by receiving that scholarship, so many other doors were open to me in doing that as well. And, uh, you know, and I, you know, definitely my uh, my sister is uh, has been somebody, you know, one of my biggest cheerleaders, uh, you know, you know, you know I have my wife is definitely right there as well. You have to she mention is. her. She'll listen oh, to yeah, this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but, but, but she knows she she knows how how much um, uh, my sister has been you know, been great. She's also on the Dallas Fire and Rescue Department as well. She's a, a captain in um, in uh, internal affairs. She's doing really well. So she she actually is uh, came through the fire inspection side, but then took the test to uh, for police side, and so now she she's like a dual a dual threat. You know, she has a, a fire hose in one side and a gun in the other side. So, but I mean, it's it's you know, I, I've had some really good people along my way who've who've us uh, you know just given me a lot of love a lot of encouragement uh and, and that's why it's it's really easy for me to to pour back into somebody else because this is the only thing that's the overflow that's been you know shared you know for me and so it's it's like a conduit it's just flowing through and easy to do it you know and so uh you know i'm, I'm always going I'm, I'm i'm just thankful i'm just can't say how much uh just appreciative I am just uh, even having this opportunity and just 
being able just to share about uh about little small life that all makes a difference, you know. You absolutely are making a difference. <laughs> absolutely. And it sounds like so firefighting is the family business? Uh, I, it, I guess so now, you know, it is. And uh yeah, she uh you know, she actually was a barber as well. She got a degree from University of Texas in psychology and uh but I mean the barbering business has been so so great for our family and um but you know she was doing her thing in Austin and so she decided to move to, move to Dallas and she said man I you know can you help me get on the fire department yeah yeah I do it so she came on on the inspection side and you know now she's accomplished so many great things and uh and she's built so many relationships and uh so I hope that the Schufer name is a is a good name within the father's service. Yeah. It certainly sounds like it is. So, I hope so yeah. So I mean, you you still have you still have a number of years ahead of you, but kind of when you look back and see almost thirty years that you've been with the department, if you would you would you go back and do it all over again? Without okay, a, with, seen and done a lot. Without a shadow of a doubt, I would um, go back and do it all over again. There would be some things that I would do differently. I definitely would uh, probably put a little bit more in my 401 and 457k. <laughs> but uh, but I mean, hey, a little investment know. price there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But uh, but other than that, I mean, that's I, I I can't you can't write a better script. You know, like I have a good friend. He says, you know, you you can't make that up, coach. And so um, you know, it's been it's it's just been great. I wouldn't I wouldn't trade anything for uh, for anything. You know, because it's. Uh, it's made me who I am now. Um, you know, I, when I got on the fire department, I was uh, I was super green, you know, and that kind of leads me into uh, a book that I wrote you know, years ago and uh, called uh, Bells Beneath My Pillow. And one of the main characters, his name was Montana Green mm -hmm. because he just was a young kid, fresh out of college, didn't know a lot, but he meets a older, retired, seasoned firefighter who shares some things with him about life and vice versa, and then they just kind of build this relationship. And so uh, um, now I think that I'm more so, you know, this this other guy, Blaze, and versus being Montana. But at one point in time, I was Montana. And so that's just the way life is. You know, you kind of, you're young, uh, you're, your eyes are wide open to everything. You want to learn, you want to soak up. And uh, then you kind of get to a point where you've learned a lot. You still can learn. But yet still, you got a lot to give back so that this younger you is uh, is going to be a better version of you going forward. And so. Uh, it sounds like that was an autobiographical story. It, it was it was pretty good. You might want to read it sometime. I will. Yeah, I will yeah. find that. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. So so now a question. If you could step into my shoes and ask you a question that I haven't asked, what question have I not asked that I should have? Uh, if, if if I was you and and stepping into Betsy, and those are some big shoes. If I'm stepping into Betsy, <laughs> I mean little feet, but big shoes. Oh. I feel I would ask. So, Chaplain Shoe, what's the next uh, chapter for you? Even if you happen to uh, retire from the Dallas Fire and Rescue Department, because everyone retires at some point in time. So, what's the next step for you? That's what I would ask if I was. Miss Betsy, that's what I want. Well, that's a perfect question. Chaplain Shu, what's next for you? What's this next chapter look like? The next chapter for me, Ray Shuford, uh, Chaplain Shu, uh, when it when it when the time comes, would possibly be uh, still something uh, dealing with my, my true passion, uh, what even 
turned me toward the fire department, which Betsy, I know you know the answer. It's what? Your faith. My faith, yes, it is. It is. And relationships. And relationships and helping people. I mean, also, too, (laughs) in all that, uh, in a nutshell, uh, with the barbering as well, you know. And so, uh, so if if I could give myself a new title now, because everybody has titles and hats and stuff, you know, when I get to that point, uh, providing, you know, still, you know, cutting hair and talking and messing around, you know, just, just, just having a good time, you know, because I've, I, I think I've worked long enough to uh, to say, okay, you know what, I, I can get a little rest now, you know, and so uh, so I, I would I would consider myself because I would take I would take my barbering act on the road because of everything that's going on. You have uh, food trucks and mobile pet groomers and Uber Eats and all this kind of <laughs> stuff. So I would say, why not have like a, a mobile barbershop? and uh, and why not why couldn't my title be? Uh, Chaplain Shoe, the mobile minister. Uh, I don't know. I mean, maybe that could be it. I don't know. Well, we'll, we'll stay tuned yeah. because I feel like there there could be a whole other podcast episode yeah. about this next chapter. Yeah, yeah, it yeah. sounds like we've got a lot of good ideas there. <laughs> I don't know. I'm just saying. <laughs> yeah. We always love to wrap it up, flip it over back over to Dickie's. Uh, so favorite Dickie's meat, favorite Dickie's side. My favorite Dickie's meat is the sausage. But okay. but I am a ribs person, but I do like the sausage a lot. All right. And uh, there's a Dickies right there by my home in uh, in Mansfield that mm-hmm. I frequent, and uh, so I really like that. Uh, the sides are uh, the beans, and uh, and so uh, Dickies is. Uh, it's, it's, it's been around for a long time and I really like it. 80 years now. Yeah, yeah. I mean, 80 years, wow. 80 wow, years, wow, 1941, wow. 80th wow. anniversary this year. Yeah, yeah, I mean, that would, yeah, that's, that's pretty, uh, that's pretty impressive and it's, uh, and it's great, you know, and so uh, wish I could have some one day. <laughs> we'll work on that. All right, we got. We always finish it up with our lightning round. I'm gonna give you two choices, and you're gonna tell me your favorite. All right. All right. So you said you're a fan of the barbecue beans. So is it barbecue beans or jalapeno beans? Jalapeno beans. All right. Sweet tea or unsweet tea? Sweet tea. Chop brisket or slice brisket? Slice brisket. The wedding. Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That, I don't. I don't need that. Yeah. That lean end. Yeah. I'm like, if I'm eating brisket, I'm not counting calories anyway. Yeah. <laughs> All right, sauce or no sauce? Always sauce. Yeah. Brisket or pulled pork? Hmm. Depends on what uh, what day it is, but I'm gonna say brisket. Okay, yeah. and I think I know the answer to this one: ribs or wings? Uh, ribs. Awesome. Yeah, but, but but you know what? I'm a big wing person too. But I just, I mean, I'm just a, a rib. I mean, if you're gonna eat barbecue, I mean, I don't go to, to a barbecue place to get wings, you know? All right. So, but I love wings as well, though, yeah. Well, there you go. We, yeah. we can hook you and, up And the both. rolls are great, too. <laughs> the rolls are really, really good, too, yeah. yeah. Well, there you go. Uh, yeah. Well, awesome. Well, thank you so much, Chaplain Shu. I so appreciate your time and for joining us here on Dickie's Doing Good. Thank you so much. And uh, stay safe and continue all the great relationship building out there with Dallas Fire Rescue. Oh, man, I am so thrilled to have uh, had this opportunity, Miss Bessie. And uh, anytime you need anything, hey, you can just uh, you know how to get a hold of me. Just call the 911. And uh, <laughs> there it is. Yeah, yeah. We're not calling 911 for you, but we do appreciate it. Thanks yeah. so much, Chaplain yeah, Thank you.
Thanks so much for tuning in this week. It was great that we could share our stories with you. If you want more information about the Dickey Foundation, feel free to visit thedickeyfoundation.org. And if you want more information about some of our great owners and the great stories they're doing, please visit dickies.com. We look forward to seeing you next week where we'll continue sharing the good stories of good people doing good things in our community.